He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20 The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Hallelujah. I want you to receive Jesus with a clap offering. To him be all the glory. To him be all the praise. King of kings. Lord of lords. Unmatchable God. Be magnified. Be magnified. In Jesus name. Amen. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this evening. I pray that your will will be done. Not the will of any man, but your will, Father. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. Use me in any way you see fitting. Cleanse this vessel. Let this vessel be used for the purpose for which God has called this vessel tonight. Thank you for your unction. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the grace to speak as of the oracles of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank God for today. It's a privilege to be here this evening. I fell into a little bit of traffic, so I hope I'm not too late. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank God for this opportunity. It's always an opportunity when you can speak God's word. Amen. Because God can use many vessels. But when God chooses you for a particular time and a particular purpose, it is indeed a privilege so I give God all the glory. Amen. Amen. I also want to thank my husband, the bishop, for allowing me to be here this evening. Amen. He just arrived this morning in Uganda for healing Jesus' crusade. So I'm happy to be here with you this evening. <laughs> Amen. And I want to salute Pastor Yali and his wife. It's been a privilege meeting them. And I'm sure that God has a divine purpose for this relationship. And whatever his purpose is, we pray that it will be fulfilled. Amen. But I can sense that he has a wonderful spirit. And that he loves God dearly. Amen. And 
My bishops have also told me very nice things about he and his wife. And so I thank God for this time. And also, we had the privilege of meeting some of your pastors and leaders on Sunday. So I salute all of you pastors who stand with them. I pray that God will give you a faithful spirit. Amen. Lighthouse Chapel started as five people. And Bishop and his four other friends used to go to the beach at Kolebu to pray that God's will will be done. I'm happy that I joined the church at that stage. Amen. Amen. But little did we know what God would do. And so my husband says to me that what people don't know is that I'm also as surprised as they are about what God has done. And so I just want to encourage you. I think that you are more than five people. And you have started in a very big way. And I want to encourage you to stay together. Let the spirit of loyalty be here. Because when your head goes up, the whole body also goes up. So when God promotes your head pastor and his wife, God will also lift you up. But it takes loyalty. Because if every time you are planted, you are taking out into another pot, another pot, another pot, you will not do well as a plant. The Bible says we are the planting of the Lord. So if the Lord calls you somewhere, you should stay there, grow well, and flourish well to the glory of God. Amen. So I pray that the Lord's blessing will be upon this ministry and the Lord will do great things. You can't judge what God will do by just looking at yourselves today. You can never. God is more than your prayer topic and God will glorify himself. Amen. And I just sense a sweet spirit here and I pray that you will add as a member of the church to the sweetness Amen. Amen. So God bless you. I also want to thank your pastor for slating a time for single and married. Is it ladies conference or everybody? Everybody. All right. Single and married people's conference. I am sure that God also has a purpose there because Like I was saying on Sunday, um, it was a post-Valentine's Day program that there's so much um, breaking of marriages that it is said that it's the same percentage in the church as in the world. And I think that's a big shame. And I pray that God will help us to walk by his word and not by our own ideas. Amen. Amen. So I pray that today somehow all of us will be able to receive God's word. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to speak about Proverbs 31. I know that it relates to a woman, but there are many things in there that can relate to all of us. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31. I'm sure many of you know that um, that scripture already. 
men love it because they think that it's to their advantage and that it makes women what they want to get and want to see. Amen? But there are many facets to it, and I pray that tonight the Holy Spirit is here and God will speak to us in a very powerful way. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, last not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, A man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Amen. Amen. Now, this is Solomon speaking. And the important thing is that he is not saying, my son, keep thy father's commandment. He says, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Amen. Amen. I'm sure you are wondering, where is this woman going? Well, there are times fathers have spoken to us. And there are times mothers have spoken to us. But we don't hear. And some of us, because of that, we are where we are today. The Bible is saying, whatever commandments your father gives you, whatever law your mother gives you, bind them continually, not sometimes, upon thine heart. But many of us, we don't bind these things on our hearts. We bind them on our hand, our head, or somewhere that we can lose it easily, but not on our hearts. Because our hearts are really the seat and the the, the real us is in our hearts. Amen. Amen. And it says that when you bind them upon your heart, it's not any loose thing. Binding means you fasten and tie them about thy neck. Amen. Amen. And when you are going, it is supposed to lead you. But when we are going, we are led by Different things, our emotions, African proverbs. Is the man that is standing by the river that hears the crocodile cough? (laughs) What your grandmother said, what your father said, but not what the word of God says. It says, bind them upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. And even when you are sleeping... It is supposed to keep you. But that's not how Christians treat 
the law of God or the law of their mothers or the law of their fathers, as so far as the law of your parents is in consonance with scripture, you are supposed to follow it. So far as it doesn't conflict what God's word says. Amen. And he says, the commandment is the lamp and the law is light. So the commandment from your father is the light. And the best father we know is God. But God also gives us fathers and mothers who can speak into our lives. Amen. Amen. He says, the commandment is a lamp. Amen. Amen. That comes from your father. And the law from your mother is light. And reproof, reproof is correction of instruction are the way of life. So our way of life is supposed to be that we can be corrected. But before we marry, when we are married, we cannot be corrected. And some of us, because of that, we say, we are going to our Roman. You can go to your Italy, your Germany. The word of God is still a lamp and it's still a light. Amen. And why all that? I'm reading this to say that even if Proverbs 31 talks about a woman, it is the commandment, the law of a woman, a mother to a son. We'll see that, you see. And all these commandments and laws are supposed to keep you, the brothers, from the evil woman. Hopefully, when you know what is good, it will help you decipher what is bad. And you will know that it is not by whether the woman is fair, what is her bust size, what is her waist size, what is her hips. Brothers, you are looking at me as if you don't know what I'm talking about. Some years ago, there was one of our pastors who was a missionary, two of them, and they were not married. And I went with my husband to a country where they, were all, they all came for a conference in that country. And then, after the conference, my husband was meeting the different people from the different countries. So these people were also from an African country. They were Ghanaians, but they had been sent as missionaries to one of the African countries. So then they came to me and they said, Oh, mommy, daddy is having these meetings, but we wanted you to help us choose a wife and I said really so what are you looking for both of them said that the bust should be this size the waist should be but mommy especially the hips should be 44 at first I said, no, spiritual people cannot think like this. But brothers, when it comes to these things, sometimes your spirituality goes out of the window. Amen. 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 So I thought, oh, these young men, they are just sharing a joke. So I said, oh, you must be kidding. So mommy, no. So if you can please look for hip 44 for us. I proceeded to preach a sermon, do a convention, do a prophetic to show them that they were on the wrong path. They were insistent. So I said, no, as a lawyer, I need evidence. So I called Lady Pastor Bridgeman, who is here. I said, Lady Pastor Bridgeman, come, come. If I say this somewhere, or I go to Ghana and I say it, the pastors, they will not believe it. Come. And I said, repeat 
what you said you are looking for. <laughs> Repeat it to her. And they said, oh, Lady Reverend, we have, Lady Pastor, we have told her we need hip 44 in this. And I said, hip 44 can end your ministry. Hip 44 can end the call of God on your life and even the destiny God has for you. So don't look at it. These are people who have gone to start churches. One souls, gone door to door. Look, if you, you are sitting here in Ghana, when we send you, it will be a problem. These are spiritual men, if you like. Then they came to Ghana. And one of them, who is still a pastor, if he were here, you he would be covering his face. He came and said, Mommy, I came to Ghana and I wanted to show you that I now have a beloved. So I said, oh, okay. So where is she? She's at the reception. So I said, oh, bring her in. And I was with two of my lady pastors. Oh, surely when she came through the door, there was hip 44. Oh, surely hip, hip 44 represented very seriously. So I spoke to the lady. I said, oh, are you born again? Mm, yeah. How did you become born again? She told me. Eh, which church are you in? She told me. I said, by your church, they don't usually preach about being born again. So are you sure? You've given your life to Christ. Mm. So, do you know that your husband has a call on his life? Mm, yeah. Mm. Hey. So after that, the lady left. And then the guy came back to be alone in my office. And I was with the other lady person. We said, what? So you have actually been led by 44. And I told him, 44, I don't think she understands your vision, where you are going, what you are doing. It will affect you. He went ahead and he married. Number one, his mission ended. Number two, he got married. I wished him well, prayed for him, because at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, the person is born again. So all the other things that we have shown you, you are doing what you like. Do you understand? So we also have to accept what you have chosen and pray that the grace of God will abound. And when he married, a few weeks to a few months, he told me that he has found a job, a very good job, but hip 44 says that she will not move from where she is. She will not move from where she is, from where she has brought, been brought up and what she knows. I said, ah. But a woman follows the husband. Or she doesn't know that. Oh, mommy. Ah, she says she's rounding up some. As I'm talking today, it's been many years. Hip 44 has not moved. His ministry ended before my very eyes. My assistants are here. They know what I'm saying. And then I called him not long ago and I said, look, God's call cannot be drowned like that. You have to rise up. I said, go back. Tell your wife and all the people involved that she has to come and be where you are. And now it's not even because of ministry because he has a job. He's a lay pastor. But he has a job and he 44 has never moved since they married. Never. So the hip you will get to. But what shall it profit a man if you gain this whole hip? And you lose what God has called you for. So recently we were at a pastor's meeting. 
And I said to the bishop, Bishop, this is hip 44. And I, I, I spoke to everybody. I said, that, ask him. He's sitting here with us. And he said, oh. I was even hoping that mommy would not bring it up, but everything is true. But my husband asked me a question. How does he know even what 44 is like? How, how does he know? But today, he's a shadow of what he used to be. So when he says that to keep you from the evil woman, sometimes evil is not that the person is a fornicator or a liar or a thief. That is evil also. But sometimes the evil is that God's plan for your life will just end. That you will become, for God forbid, like a Samson. When you go and sleep in Delilah's lap, you don't think properly. So it is my prayer that you will see what God sees as a good woman. And then use God's credentials to choose what you are looking for, brothers. So don't say that. Proverbs 31 does not uh, uh, relate to you. It relates to you. Amen. As for the sisters, they know because it says that a virtuous woman. But my title this evening is a good woman. Because the message Bible says a good woman. Amen. And there are many types of women. Not because I say so, but in the Bible. The Bible talks about the strange woman. It talks about the evil woman. It talks about the odious woman. I have sermons on all these types of women. Today I may not be able to talk about that, but I hope that when you know what is good, it will help you to discover what is evil. Is it possible? Will it work? So the Bible says that all the things, the law of the commandment of your father, the law of your mother, it is lamp, it is light, but the purpose is to deliver you from the evil woman and from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Because brothers don't know the difference between flattery and truth. Amen. And when you read Proverbs 6, Proverbs 7, Proverbs 8, it talks about the lips. It says that the lips of a strange woman, it drops like honey. Honey is sweet. So when it's sweet, what are you going to say? You are likely to eat it. <laughs> Last not after her beauty in thine heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. Oh, brothers. Sometimes it's hips. Sometimes it's eyelids. When she does the eyeshadow and she just did it, you are slain. Many years ago, my brother, he's now a prophet and a bishop in our branch in Sakumono. Morning Star Cathedral. He's called Bishop Kakra. He's our last born. But I got born again first in my whole entire family. And I used to pray for them. And then when I met my husband, he told me that he too, he has sisters, they are not born again. And I have brothers, they are not born again. So we should pray for all of them. So we used to go to the gardens on Friday separately and pray for them to be born again. But before he got born again, he was in infant swim school. And sometimes, instead of staying on the compound, they go out. There was a nightclub in Cape Coast called Master Silas. And then I think Cupid. And they went out. He and one of our pastors, when Bishop Kaka got born again, all his close friends also got born again. 
And almost all of them are pastors today. And even some of them are bishops. So, he was with this pastor friend. They went out to the nightclub and they were coming back. And a woman was walking ahead of them. The woman had hip 44. <laughs> and so they were going behind the woman, whistling. Then they would say something. Then they He himself tells me with this friend, who is now our, one of our pastors in Switzerland. They told me this story. So the woman just turned slowly. And she looked at them and she just flapped her eyelids. They said that her eyes became green. And she just flapped her eyelids. They were slain. The unbelievers were slain. And the woman continued with her 44. Slowly to wherever she was going. Do not be taken by her eyelids. Some of you brothers. What's your name? You are taken in. And the Bible is saying that you need the word of God. To be delivered from the people who have sweet tongues and eyelids and sometimes eyeshadow of different types. In my experience as a pastor, I've learned that even sometimes the person who doesn't wear eyeshadow and dresses like a nun is more dangerous. I met a girl like that, very innocent sweet. She doesn't wear any makeup. Very beautiful. If another woman says another woman is beautiful, then you must believe it. Very beautiful. Long dress. She doesn't show anything about it, but she's a major slayer. She would just, you know, the Bible says that the adulterous, the adulterous woman will hunt for the precious life. So she just, and she liked anointed people. Those were her. So it's not yesterday. Oh. And then one day my husband said to me, this lady, she's a serial killer. It's too much. Now I want to sack her from the church. At that time, my husband used to come to the Kodesh. So every day he says that, he'll show me. He said that, you said she's in the choir, show me. Every day he came and asked. The lady didn't show up. Every day. But anyway, by the grace of God, she herself, she left without being sacked. So sometimes a strange woman is not always what you think. The Bible says her ways are intractable. You can't know her. You can't know her. So I pray that brothers, you'll be delivered. Amen. And sisters will also learn how to be good women. Amen. Amen. And verse 26 is one of my favorite verses. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. By means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to not even a slice of bread, or not a loaf, but a piece. I pray that as we go through Proverbs 31, the good woman, brothers, don't be afraid. The Lord will deliver you. Amen, Amen brothers. So I pray that tonight, God himself will speak to us and make us what he wants us to be. Amen. Amen. Now the Bible says that Jesus will be married in the last days. He will be married to his bride, which is the church. Amen.
And therefore, the church has to make herself ready. So when you look up Revelation 21, verse 2, John says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Amen. It means that to be a bride, there must be some preparation. Amen? Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So what God does with the bride is to prepare the bride to suit the man she's going to marry. Amen? Just as the church is a bride and is coming out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for the lamb. The lamb is Jesus Christ. Now, we do have counseling in our churches. But most of the time, people are so in love, they don't hear what you are saying. So I want to thank Pastor Yali for having this vision for all of us. And I pray that as we learn more about the things of God, we ourselves will be prepared and will also be spiritual. Amen. Amen. Now, when we look at, okay, I'll just read it to you. First Corinthians chapter seven. The Bible does say in verse 29, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world how he may please his wife, and vice versa. Amen. So the Bible is saying that even though we may be married, the married is not supposed to quench God's call on your life. It's not supposed to quench your purpose. Some of you, you are single. Then the pastor will be praying for you. God will give a prophecy. Then you get married. The day you get married is the day you start to backslide. Now, when we call, you say, now things are different too. I'm now Mrs. This. Eh? My husband and I, we are having our anniversary. So God should not expect us to be in the church for anything. God made a mistake for blessing you. You used to be very enthusiastic singing in the choir. We didn't know Ashumwa, it was just to be seen. When you were spotted, no, your zeal finished. But the Bible says, let those that are married be as though they were not. Those who buy, be as if they are not buying. Those who sell. It means that we are not supposed to be so swallowed by whatever we are involved in that we miss out on the kingdom of God and on spiritual things. It's not supposed to be that way. Amen. So now the good woman. Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs, please, don't look in the New Testament. It's not there. (laughs) The ladies, 
You know where to buy Brazilian wig, but you don't know where to find God's word. May the Lord have mercy on you. Amen. Amen. Chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 31, no, verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that who? His mother taught him. What did Proverbs 6 say? The, forsake not the commandment of your father and the law of your mother. And Proverbs 31 is something that a mother said to a son. Contrary to what we think that is for a woman alone. Amen, brothers? Amen. So this is King Lumuel and his mother taught him the prophecy that his mother taught him. So the word of God is very prophetic. It tells of things to come. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says a prophecy is given for edification, for comfort and exhortation. And the word of God is able to do all these three things. So Proverbs 31 was said to Prince, uh, King Lumuel by his mother. And it was a prophecy. So I what my son and what the son of my womb. And what the son of my vows. Give not thy strength unto women. Nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. So depending on the type of woman a king chooses. He can be destroyed. Amen, somebody. Sometimes it's not even that you are called to ministry. Sometimes the, even your business, it will be destroyed because the type of woman you have gone for, she has chopped all your capital, so the business cannot go forward. Or the type of woman you have gone for, she believes in pleasure today. We have to spend all today. I have to blow time today, not tomorrow. And because of that, you give your strength to that which destroys kings. Amen. And then she goes on to talk about a lot of things before she comes to verse 10. So this is a mother's advice to a son. Amen. Are there sons in the house? May the Lord speak to you. I want to read from the amplified version. A capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? King James says, a virtuous woman who can find. So, the Holy Spirit said to me, it's not just the woman, no, but it takes a certain type of man to find her. A certain type of man who is not just looking for 44. And the ability to find her, I believe it takes the Holy Spirit. And it takes the leading of God. So how come you now know the Lord? You, have, you may have made some mistakes. Don't come and tell me like some people in my church. <laughs> Mommy, I married her when I didn't know the Lord. So now that I've seen the light, I want to choose in the light. Hey. The Bible says when you are married, seek not to be loosed from the person. Except the person is not pleased to dwell with you. First Corinthians chapter 7. Amen. Amen. So come and tell him, Mommy, I married in the dark. So now I want to marry in the light. 
before God, you are married and that's it. Amen? But it says that, who is he who can find her? It's like a detective. Sometimes it takes a private detective to discover certain things. So it also takes a certain caliber of a man or a brother to find this type of woman. Amen, brothers? Ladies, is saying, who is it who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels. And her value is far above rubies or pearls. She is far more precious than jewels. Jewels are very difficult to find. If you want precious stones, you go to the bottom of the earth, the belly of the earth to find them. But if you are looking for just stones and sand, so some of us, we are not hard to find. Give us spring rolls, you'll find us. Give us fried rice, you'll find us. Give us a pair of red shoes. A virtuous woman who can find her price is far above rubies. The Bible says, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But many of us, we are not temples, so we are lotto kiosks. Whether you are a driver, a laborer, a dustbin collector, a lecturer, a pastor, a king, so you say you are a child of God, but your body is a kiosk. And lots of kiosks, they are found everywhere, but palaces are not found everywhere. Precious things are not found everywhere. The Bible says you are a temple. Amen, ladies. What is your worth? Some of you, your worth is Accra London, Accra ticket. The Bible says the, the good woman, her price is far above. Ladies, you are expensive. Jesus bought you with his blood. Very expensive. And you have made yourself so cheap. Amen. She's far more precious than jewels. Most precious things are hard to get. And the Bible says a good woman is more precious than rubies. And all the things you desire cannot be compared to her. Amen. Have you ever seen sand and stone listed on any stock exchange before? When you make yourself sand and stone, you cannot be listed where precious jewels are. But the Bible says that our price, ladies, is far above rubies. If Jesus deemed it right to die for you, why do you think that a paycheck, a car landing, a car ticket, fried rice, people who are spring rolls? I spoke to one young lady. I asked her, so how much was he giving you? An underage girl. Two CDs. 
Men, you can be wicked though. Two cities. I mean, I watched the documentary Circle. Five cities. Why? But when you are a child of God, and when the Holy Spirit indwells you, and when the fear of God is in you, your price is far above rubies or any precious stone. Amen, ladies. If you want to get precious stone, you have to go into the earth. You need equipment. You need investment. You need knowledge. You need effort. You need a refinery. You even need an airplane to transport it because it is so precious that you can't just, you you need special security. And that is how a woman and a child of God should be. And brothers, that is what you should be looking for. The king's mother is telling the king that a good woman is difficult to find. And not only that, her price is far above rubies. How come when you are going for a job interview, you think you should fast and pray? But when you are looking for a wife, you think you should just choose whatever you see. Brothers, all that glitters is not gold. Amen. Amen. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Now, the Amplified describes her as an a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? She's far more precious than jewels and have value is far above rubies or pearls. Any woman is not hard to find. You see, when you are going to get married as a single person, or you are looking to marry, you are not looking for a female. And you are not looking for a girl. You are looking for a wife. These three are two different, three different things. You may find a female, but she may not be a wife. You may find a girl, but she may not be a wife. There are three different things. The Bible says, a good woman, a good wife, who can find. Amen. Amen. Now, apart from the little kiosk, a woman can be found on Instagram. A woman can be found on Twitter. A woman can be found on Facebook. A female can be found on your pornographic site. But a wife is a different ballgame. Amen, brothers. And some of you sisters too. You think six-pack is what makes a good marriage. Sometimes God blesses you in so many ways. Then you say, oh no, Lady Reverend, he's too dark. He's not tall enough. He didn't go to the right school. I'm saying that because it happens. I hear it. People come and tell me. Somebody told me, oh, if he had gone to Adesada, or Fancy Pim, or Achimota, but Lady Reverend, no school, no Bopua, you don't know where it is. But God can give you a good husband who will come in another form. 
The people on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize Jesus because he came in another form, the Bible says. Many times, what God will bless you with, it doesn't look attractive. What God will bless you with, it's not shiny. What God will bless you with, it's not a finished product. But the sisters in the church, they don't want the genuine. I ask them, who do you want to marry? Oh, somebody like Bishop Doug. Look. <laughs> but when Bishop Doug finished medicine, just his house job, and he said, Oh, God has called me. God has not called me. I don't, I, I, God has called me. I have to put down the medicine and serve God full time. You too. You are marrying the person. You are not marrying the content. Too. You are marrying the package. The package is a doctor, but the content is a pastor. Amen. And as you look at it, you say, oh, I thought I would be a doctor's wife. And then also, out of a class of almost 55, only five are still in Ghana. Majority are elsewhere. So at that crucial time, everybody was leaving Ghana. And then your husband says, oh no, that's for me, God has called me here. Really? Wow. And that time, Ghana was also not easy. Amen. But if you fall in love with the contents, you may not see anything. You see. And my husband's father was not a poor man. But if he told me that because I have put you in my apartment in airport, and you don't pay rent, and you don't pay electricity, and you don't pay water. That's why you say you are going to do ministry. So because of that, I'm serving you notice. You leave that house in two months. We thought he was joking. Well, how can your father say you should leave the house? Where he is not even living. And he came to tell us. A white woman has taken the whole house. She'll be coming. We still didn't believe it. We said we were believing God. And one day, we were home. On a Saturday, when he came with the white woman, they opened the door. He said, okay, so this is the kitchen. So this is the living room. And uh, this is the bathroom. And she looked and said, oh, it even has wardrobes. I said, yes, it has wardrobes. Then we saw that the thing, it was not a, a dream. It was real. And then by God's grace, we moved to a place. No towels on the floor, red sand. No windows, plywood that we have nailed. But I always look back. I say, God must have given me some grace. I don't think I'm a superwoman. No. But the fact that my husband's mother had bought us that place, even though it was uncompleted, when we got to the house, we knelt down and said, We own our own house. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I didn't see the red sand. I didn't see the plywood. And when I look back, I said, God, it must have been your grace. Because today, when my church members come, I said, oh, mommy, we are building here. We've bought it. I said, so are you moving? Oh, we can't. The floor is this. It's just screed and mommy. And there are no towels yet. And I thought we will finish. I'm like, eh. <laughs> it's a different world. 
But many of you women are not prepared to pay the price. It's not that God has not brought you a personal. But when he comes, you have your uh, 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 microscope to look. And then you go, you are scanning him, uh a scanner. Uh, No, access denied. (laughs) Access denied. But if God gives you a man who has eyes for the future, that is enough. He has eyes for the future. That is enough. I've seen many people, whether in my church, in where I go to, whether I bro- God blesses you. Everybody you ask, most of them have met somebody before. But when they say, <laughs> one lady told me, this man, Luami, <laughs> his head is like a tin cutter. <laughs> Are you norm? Are you okay? <laughs> Very smart guy. Loves the Lord. Has a first and second degree. Nice guy. She said that the back of his head is like a tin cutter. So, when I see it, I feel that I can use it to open milk and things. So she. I gave this example in one of our churches outside, and the lady had. So she sent me a text. Mommy, so you are talking. I said, I have to use your life because people will not think it's true. Amen. Another sister. This same guy went to another sister. And I saw the sister. She said, "Uh, Mommy, I think that five years difference is too much. I said, hey, so what do you people want? Then, Bishop Saki spoke to her that be wise. God brings a blessing. Today, today, the sister says, Today, when I'm driving into church, I see her. She's also driving in her bends. And then the sister who said no, think at her. She has regretted it up to today. So it's not that God doesn't bless you, but our minds don't work well. Our minds don't work well. Our minds should work in a godly way. Amen. Because many of the people you see today, if you saw their beginning, you would have bounced them. You would have bounced them. And those of you who think you are corporate women, say, me, I'm very educated. So, I can't marry certain men. Really? Your education may be more than the degrees on a thermometer. <laughs> but God can bring you a good person. My mother is better educated than my father. But my father was far richer than her. Amen. And because she had eyes for the future, she was blessed and is still blessed even after the man has died. Eight years ago. My father died at 90. Amen. But everything didn't look so perfect. My father was okay at that age. But he had certain question marks. Not necessarily character, but like, oh, this is not what I was thinking about. This is not what. 
And my father said that there was a certain age gap. So people said that this man, he will die now. All those people have died and he's still alive at the time. Amen. So when God brings a blessing, you must have the eyes to see, especially the sisters. (laughs) So you may be intelligent. You may be capable, but you must also be virtuous. A Christian woman does not find her worth in just her intelligence and her capability. But she finds her worth in who she is in Christ. Amen. The word virtuous is from the Greek word kail. And kail means an army, a force, strength, wealth, efficiency. So when a woman is said to be virtuous or a good woman, she is a force to reckon with. Amen? She is like an army when she moves. Because so many things get sorted out. She is wealth. Not just in terms of money, but she enriches the life of the person into whose life she's called. Amen. It is said that she's strong in all moral and mental qualities. You see, it comes from the word virtue. When Jesus ministered to the woman who touched the hem of his garment. The Bible said virtue went out of him. So a virtuous woman is somebody full of virtue that when she's not there, power goes out. Amen. Amen. And Proverbs 12, 4 says, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Hmm? Matthew Henry's commentary says, a wife who is pious, prudent, and looks well to the ways of her household, who makes conscience of her duty, and can bear crosses. (laughs) Such a one is an honor and comfort to her husband. She that is the reverse of this, preys on him and consumes him. So the, the, the opposite of a virtuous woman is somebody who consumes her husband. She's as rottenness in his bones. The New Living Translation says, a worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. They the same minus me. Amen. In verse 11, the Bible says, the heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely so that he has no lack of honest gain or need of dishonest spoil. Amen. Amen. The woman, she is already a woman of great price. She's already, her value is already far above rubies before the Bible talks about her husband. Amen. Amen. So you yourself should have certain qualities or a certain value before a man walks into your life. Amen, ladies. And quality is not just, oh, I work. Oh, I'm educated. They are all good things. But the qualities that the Bible says are of great price in the sight of God. 
are a meek and a quiet spirit. Amen. The Bible says that in the sight of God, not in the sight of men, it is of great price to be that type of woman. So we must have our own value before you meet a man. Because if not, you will always be following the man for validation, which he cannot always give you. Amen? Some of us feel, oh, me, I'm not always happy, but if I marry, I'll be happy. Sir. If you are not always happy, or if you are not always, you don't have a joyful spirit, marriage is going to make it worse, not better. Amen. What does the Bible say? It says, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in our Lord and we are complete in him. We are not complete because we are educated. Education is good. We are not complete because we are professionals. We are not complete because we are beautiful. We are not complete because we have achieved things in this world. We are complete because Christ coming into our lives makes us complete. That is why people climb the corporate ladder, but they are still not fulfilled. Amen? Amen. People have all the best paying jobs, but they are still not fulfilled. Because that's not what gives fulfillment in life. People have all the money, but they are not fulfilled. Because it's Christ who is our all in all. And he makes us complete in him. Amen. Amen. So ladies, no man is coming to give you completion. That I don't feel beautiful. So he should make me feel beautiful by telling me, didn't God give you eyes? <laughs> when you look in the mirror, can you not see that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? What does the psalmist say? He says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my soul knows right well. Your soul must know. Nobody can make you know that. The book of James says, he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and goes away forgetting. It's like a man who looks in a mirror and has forgotten himself. Your image is in Christ. Your worth is not even determined by how people treat you. You know, some of us, we walk into a room and say, you know, when nobody minded me, nobody greeted me. Why do you seek validation from mortal men? When the king of kings and the lord of lords found you worthy to die for and shed his blood for you and has purchased you with his own blood, why do you wait for a human being to validate you? When you do that, you go into marriage with a lot of issues. All of us are broken. Some of us are coming from backgrounds where you were told, one of our pastors told me that his his mother-in-law is gone. And she can just face you for things that you don't need to. He's also a gun, But he says that when she comes to his house, let's say she wants to drink some water, she will call the son. Hey, ni, ba, ha, minu. She will tell the boy. And then when the boy goes, come with you, chokboyo. Nothing, the boy has not done anything. Come with you, chokboyo. I can't say it properly, but I've passed. Amen. So, if you were told that you grow up in Ichobonyo, I'm not nice, I'm not good. No, but even some parents can tell their children, so it has stuck with you. And without knowing, you believe it. So, when I meet that man, he will let all these things go. Christ 
has set you free. And it's Christ who gives you your importance and your value. Amen. The heart of her husband trusts in her. If you are no more on this earth, will your absence be felt? When you don't come to church, do we feel your absence? Oh, if sister, this were there. Are you like Dorcas in Acts 90 when she died? The disciples said, we can't let her die. Because she has made so many clothes for us. Let's call Peter from Joppa to come and raise her from the dead. Just because of the clothes she made for them. And the Bible says when Peter got there, they started to show him. Look at our coats. Look at the, the widows and the widows. Look at all these nice things she has done. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. When you are not there, your house should feel your value. Amen. Your husband should be confused when you are not there. Amen. Even if there are house elves there, he should be confused. Many times on Sundays, I'm late because... Not because I want to be late. But because my husband is now asking me, so do you think I should wear this? So do you think it goes? I'm like, so why didn't he ask me on Saturday? You know, so I have to organize all that. And then he goes before I go. Because he is now with the youth. And I now go to the Kodesh. So then, I always say when I arrive at church, I'm always late. At least, where's and which I'm now walking in. And I'm sure the people say, Mommy, where is he? so late. What does she do? But I've settled between my God and I, and I know what my value is. So it doesn't matter what people think. Jesus and I, we are enough. Amen. But you, when you are not there, you are not missed. Because if you are near, who near be? Whatever your husband wears, he can wear. Sisters, let me tell you a secret. If you leave men to go like that, majority of them will come to that. They will not try for you, so you have to <laughs> try and make an input. Amen. Amen. We must play our part in God's life, uh, 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 God's plan. Does your being in your husband's life bring a valuable contribution? Because the Bible says, the heart of a husband doth safely trust in her, and he shall not be afraid of spoil. Now, some of you, when we give you money, we are afraid of spoil. You use it anyhow. Anyhow, I can see someone here. He said, these people were coming, so I've used all. Look, you can still do simple things and it can still be nice. (laughs) Amen, ladies. Does your being in your husband's life contribute to him spiritually? Does it contribute to him emotionally? Does it contribute to him financially, sexually, even if you are married to a neighbor? Abigail was married to a neighbor, a foolish man. But her presence in his life saved his life. What about you? Amen. What do you spoil in your husband's life? Because the Bible says that the husband has no need of spoil. It's like nothing will be spoiled in his life. But what about you? What do you spoil in your husband's life? His confidence? His reputation? His peace? His money? His anointing? His calling? His prayer life? His finances? His future? 
his ministry, his life. Is there spoiling in all these areas? Amen, somebody. Some of us, we spoil our husband's confidence. Some of you ladies, when you are angry, you say terrible things. I regret marrying you. Share. One day, I had a very quiet lady in my church. And she even used to sell messages. The messages, so she sells them, but I don't think she listens. And her husband was this happy-go-lucky, flamboyant. Please give me a sign when we are ending because we are back here tomorrow, so don't worry. And her husband came and told me, Mommy, my wife has taken me to Waju. And I said, but you too, your temper is Samuel. So I'm not surprised that your wife has taken you to Waju because your temper is Samuel. But the husband is she, she, outside so you can see, but the wife does not speak. And the husband said, Mommy, she provoked me. And I said, really? Well, I'm a lawyer, so provocation is a high thing in, in criminal law. So how did she provoke you? Then he brought out his phone. He said, Mommy, listen. Hey, this quiet lady. She was telling him, what's the way, Do you say you are a man? If you're a man, touch me and see. If you're a man, hit me and see. Wait, Jimmy, no. I can't even eh, repeat some of the things. I was shocked. And then he said to me, as she said that, I got angry and I started to run after her and she tripped. When she tripped, her forehead cut and she put plaster. So when she came to me, she had the plaster. So when I looked at the man, I said that you are very some way. You, you, you made your wife, you hit her. And now she has a plaster. But when he played the recording, I said, oh, this quiet, she's so quiet that even before this big issue, she will come in the night, let's say 3 a.m. When I take the phone, hey, I said, who is speaking? Hey, who is speaking? Hey, please tell me something. Ooh. <laughs> when I go to church, then the husband will tell me, mommy, at 3 o'clock, my wife was calling. So it was building up. So the husband told me when they went to Waju, the people said that you have injured your wife. He said, please, I want to play the recording. Yeah. When he played, do you call yourself a man? I don't even respect you. You are a foolish man. You have no sin. Christian sister Wood sells messages. When you do that, you spoil the man's self-confidence. Amen. And some of you ladies, what you will tell the man, hey, he will lose his whole self-esteem. <laughs> and then you tell him, I regret my, you know, I should have married James. You cry. I should have married James. These days, I see James in his BMW. Now, one so, even bicycle, you don't have. Her husband doth safely trust her, and he shall have no need of spoil. When you destroy a man's self-respect and self-confidence, you yourself will be lowered because you are married to him. Amen. Some of you have destroyed your husband so much to your family that they don't even respect him. But you too, you have also made mistakes. 
And he has not sold you like that to his family. Amen. Amen. You destroy his self-confidence. You destroy his ego. A few weeks ago, I had to deal with the counseling. The man told me that the wife said, let me tell you something. You do not appeal to me at all sexually. I told you at zero. Let me tell you something. And then the husband said to her, but we are Christians. So when you push me away like that in the bedroom, where do you want me to do? She said, go take a girlfriend. I'll also take a boy. And they will all meet Christians. Even if they had told me they are fetish, I would have taken it. The heart of her husband that safely trusts in her. We are not saying that you should pretend about your marriage. But every marriage has challenges. But you know, you have sold your husband in the whole area. It has transversed to Awoshi. How can he recover? How can he recover? But the Bible says, as refining pot to silver, so is a man to his praise. When you praise a person, he becomes better. Amen, ladies. Some of you, your temper makes you talk foolishly. Contentious woman. The same mouth you use to sing praises. When you sing praise and worship here, we think that angels are ascending and descending. And then when you are at home, the same mouth. Amen. In church, you are the best worshiper. You can even lie prostrate. Hey, the presence of God has come. That same mouth that you use to sing praises. When you turn it into insults, it's more than anointing. The heart of her husband that safely trusts in her. You don't have to sell all your issues to everybody. And some of you, you even have foolish friends who don't also advise you properly. Let's say you are a woman of the millennium. Show him that you know where power lies. Show him that we are now in a modern era. Show him that. But with this modern era, where has it brought us to? The heart of her husband that safely trusts in her. And he will not be afraid of spoil. What do you spoil in your husband's life? Some of you, you think that to be a first lady is to just sit in front and look nice. lady, <laughs> I want to marry a pastor. It's a good desire. And lady, baby, no, come on, point over from first lady. Somebody said that even political first ladies, they have expiry dates. But that's for pastoral first lady. Hey, eche, eche. <laughs> but are you coming into the man's life to spoil the call of God on his life? I'll, th- I'll talk about that on Sunday. To spoil God's creation, God's future, God's call. You scatter all. But you said you wanted to marry a man of God. Amen. But I tell you to sit on that chair. It takes the grace of God. Because how you are, how you are, you wouldn't like your husband to talk to anybody. But as you are a church member, you always want to engage the pastor's attention. But when it's your turn, 
He's like, Lady Reverend, me, these things. One day, one of our pastors lost his wife. And then after some years, he was looking for a wife. And then one lady sent him a text, Pastor, I think God is talking to me. That you are the man of the moment, Pastor. So then the next Sunday, she was coming to say hello to the pastor. And the pastor was talking to other people. Oh, are you feeling better now? Oh, praise the Lord. Then she sent a text. The pastor showed me. She said, the pastor. As I was waiting in line to talk to you, the number of sisters who came to shake you and were smiling, I couldn't handle it, pastor. And yet you want to marry him. You want to marry him, eh? Hmm. He has no need of spoil. The husband has no need of spoil. Do you affect his peace? His prayer life? A friend of mine was married. Every time she got angry, she would go to the office and beat her husband. Every time. I was telling my husband not so long ago, I said that this lady, one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen. Everything she does, she does very well. She can do everything. She can sew. She can do hair. She's intelligent. She got first class. She's beautiful. I mean, she's smart. She's everything but her temper. And her husband was empty. So when she gets angry, she comes there. And when she holds the shirt, all the buttons come off. (laughs) So after a while... The marriage was finished. He shall have no need of spoil. He has 300 employees under him. Then you march to his office because you are angry about something at home. He shall have no need of spoil. Amen. Some of you, even the way you talk to your husband, even in church, because you are a lady pastor and he is a common floor member. It's not easy for him. Because when God called you, where was he? But your husband is your head. Amen. The heart of a husband trusts confidently in her. So that he shall have no need of spoil. I am not saying there are not things that will hurt you. I'm not saying there are not things that will make you angry. But if you are a virtuous woman, you allow the Holy Spirit to rule you, not your emotions. The Bible didn't say in Romans 8.40, as many as are led by their emotions, they are the children of God. A child of God is led by the Spirit of God and not by her emotions. Amen, somebody. LPBM, give me a cue because I just, I just go on and on, okay? So let me know when my time is up. <laughs> she will do him good and not evil. All the days of her life, the good woman does the man good and not evil. Not when the man is good. Not when the man has not misbehaved. Not when the man has been nice. But all the days of her life, she does him good. And not evil. Amen. Amen. 
Some of you who are single, you are thinking, but you know how Peter and I, our love is, how can I do him evil? Oh, lady reverend. Do people really do these things in the church? As for Peter and I, our love will be different. <laughs> you see, one of our lady pastors, she's in Kenya, she told me that when they were doing the marriage counseling, they were doing um, communication in marriage. So they turned to that chapter and said, do not shout at your partner. And she was thinking, really? People shout at their spouses? Hey, the people are very somewhere. And she said, everything that was said, she thought, oh, Tofiakwa. Tofiakwa. Tofiakwa said, don't shout when you are talking to your spouse. Ah. But when I look at my husband, I look at myself. What will make us shout? What will make us shout at each other? And so every chapter of the counseling, she thought, minus me, minus me, minus me. When she married, then she saw herself. And then she told me that she started to bring down her suitcases, looking for the marriage manual. So some of you who are single, as I'm giving the example, she's saying, hmm, do people really do this? And to a da. Amen. She does him good and not evil. You see, the Bible doesn't say, oh, she does him good and not evil. All the days of her life. All the days of her life. You see, when people hear these things, then they take it another way. Uh, they Reverend said that we should just do him good. So even when he's beating me, then I say, oh, darling, I don't know, I'll my son. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> we will come to that. Amen. Amen. But as much as lies within your power, the Bible says, be at peace with all men. So if it is from your side, you do good. But it doesn't mean that when the person is doing wrong, then you say, oh, you are right. You are right. That is evil, not good. She does seem good and not evil all the days of her life. I pray that we can say that about you, sisters. Yeah. And brothers, Look for sisters who do you good. This is King Lemuel's mother's advice to King Lemuel. That if you are looking for a good woman, these are the traits. She should be prepared to do you good. Now some of us, we see the signs, but we say we are not seen. Amen? You have a beloved. When she gets angry with you, she blocks you on Twitter. She blocks you on Facebook. She blocks you on WhatsApp. You blo- For one week. Then say, that is how her anger is. Look, when you marry her, it's going to be worse. Because this is how she behaves when she's angry. It should show you that her temper is no good. But when you see this, I say, it's because we are not together. When we come together, she will stop all these things. She will not stop. Everything you see you don't like times thousand, it will happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My husband and I are two different temperaments. And I often am more diplomatic. And my husband is to the point. So, when we're in a relationship in Lagon, one day I gave him a Bible for his birthday present. And then we were talking about something. He said, no, but you don't. I said, oh, please talk to me gently, even when I'm wrong. And he said, oh, mommy, do you have a pen here? I said, yes. 
I want to write it in the Bible so that I will not forget. Please talk to me gently, even when I'm wrong. Then it came to pass that I got married. And on one occasion, for, some, for, for instance, something happened and my dad said something to a family member, very upfront. He said to her, don't come to my house again. I've never trusted you. Ooh. It destroyed so many relations. It became some way. So I was telling my husband that, oh, my dad didn't try. Uh, he shouldn't speak the truth. Eh? I said, what are you saying? He said, but it's the truth. One, he doesn't trust her. Two, he doesn't want her to come there again. So should he pretend? I said, you don't have to pretend. But why should you say it that way to her? And in any case, she was leaving. And my husband was crying. Mm, okay. So your father should have said it in his head. Eh? He shouldn't have said it on his mouth. I'm like, why don't you get it? But thank God that I learned about temperament. So we are two different people. And I'm not always right in my diplomacy. And he is also not always right in his forthright way of saying things. So we are all learning from each other. But when I remember that I said, um, talk to me gently, he took a pen, he meant well. <laughs> but we all have different temperaments. And we all have different challenges. Amen. But within that temperament, you can still be godly. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. I pray that that will be your story. Amen. Verse 13. She seeks out wool and flax and works with willing hands to develop it. She is like the merchant ships loaded with food stuff. She brings her household food from afar. Amen. She is the one who seeks the wool and flax and works with her own hands. Amen. When it comes to things to do within the church or even ministry, she seeks the wool and flax and she works. Amen. Amen. But most of you, unless we give you post, or unless we mention your name, oh, Shawanda, today you sang very well. Oh, Shawanda, if God hadn't given us to you, oh, Shawanda, the day we forget is the day you leave the church. But this woman, she seeks wool and flax and she works willingly. That is very important. Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient. So it's not just doing the work, but the attitude should be a willing one, not a forced one. Amen. And as I was reading some commentary, it said, she seeks the wool and flax herself. She looks for things to work with within the church or ministry. Amen. Sometimes you can tell a part of a person by the way she does things in the house of God. Amen? Amen. If somebody is doing things and she's always complaining, she will always complain about you. But if she does things willingly, it's a good sign. 
Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's, oh, it can be done. Oh, pastor, we can do it. Oh, let's go for it. Willingly, the attitude. She seeks wool and flax herself. Not that everything, we should go and bring the raw materials before you do. That's how you operate. If we say do this, eh, where are the things? But this woman goes beyond that. She herself goes to seek the wool and the flax, and she works willingly. Some women want to be just kept wives. Kept. Kept. You are madam, you are kept. All that you want to do, be a storm. I mean, I mean, fralace, I mean, no, but your employees are about five. You build on the bra, you milk on the bra, you, you never do anything. My husband says that that is why Lebanese businesses thrive because the Lebanese man, he's in the shop himself. He does not leave it for anybody because he knows that when he leaves it, you will steal big time, even in the church. Amen. She seeks the wool and flax herself. And works diligently with her hands. In fact, Amplified says she comforts, encourages, and does him only good as long as there is life within her. Comfort, encouragement, and doing good. She works willingly with her hands to develop it. Not complaining. Not with the wrong motive. Not in unforgiveness and bitterness, but with a willing heart. Amen. Amen. I pray that everything that you do in the house of God and for others will be with a willing heart. Lastly, lastly, she brings her food from afar. She brings her food from afar. She's like the merchant ships loaded with foodstuff. She brings her household foods from afar. Amen. Amen. I remember my mother taking me afar. I didn't enjoy it anyway. To go and bring food. Because we lived in Takradia. Then she would say, oh, food is cheaper in Biposo. And we were not poor too. Then she would put us in her car and take us. And then when the people are carrying the things, Abe, Mami Jikaki, Kobo, you know, I didn't enjoy it. And every time I tell her that you, you made us work too much. So Saturdays in my house, that's the free day. I rather used to go to the market and do all that on Thursdays. Because Saturday, hey, you clean windows, you wash, you do this. So because of that, I said, no, Saturdays, I have to change it in my life. Because of what my mother made it. But I can see now that she was a virtuous woman. She brought her food from afar. She didn't say, my husband has, so I'll just buy Takradi prices. I'm okay. Amen. And you ladies must also bring your spiritual food from afar. It doesn't just drop from somewhere. In your quiet time, the Holy Ghost will give you revelation, but it's because you go deep, you go afar to bring something, to bring some food to your spirit. It doesn't just happen. If a ship is bringing food, they say she's like the merchant ship. Some of them, they are intercepted by pirates in the Gulf of Aden. Some of them, once my parents went by boat, they were coming back to Ghana. They always went by air, came by boat. Those days, Flagstaff Line, Black Star Line was a very popular, whatever. But when they got to, is it Rotterdam? 
in uh, Holland, that time the government was having problems. So the ship could not buy fuel. So they were there. Yeah, things were in the thing. They sailed from Rotterdam in the middle of the sea. Nowhere. So for six months, no parents. We just had to live. So when you are going to bring your food from afar, there's a lot of peril. But the ability to fight through that and still bring food from afar and still wait on God and still have spiritual food and still have something to hold on. We Christians these days are very good at attending programs. We are very good at attending church. But to bring spiritual food from afar, we don't have it. We lack it. You open a woman's bag, she has lipstick, eh, eh, face powder, eh, trapia, <laughs> gum. But you sit in her car, her wardrobe, her room, there's nothing spiritual there. Nothing. No message, no Bible, no study Bible on the iPad, nothing. You don't bring your food from afar. Your food is always what pastor has prepared. That's all. There's no food coming from afar from anywhere. But this woman is like the merchant ships. And she brings her food from afar. And I just want to always pay homage to Scripture Union for teaching me how to have my quiet time. Because it is in my quiet time that I've gotten closer to God. It is in my quiet time that God has brought me a word about my challenge, my situation, my difficulty. Amen. I can't just rely on, oh, I'm a bishop's wife. So as you are a bishop's wife, your husband has gone for crusade in uh, Mbara in Uganda. Now you are also here in Ghana. You have a challenge. You don't know your God. You don't know your Bible. You don't know your scriptures. The Bible says, they that know their God shall work strong and do works. You don't have anything like that in your life. Your only thing you live on is, I'm the bishop's wife. So now as he's in Entebbe, you are calling him, he's on the pulpit and he's preaching. Who shall you call? But if you cultivate the presence of God, and if you cultivate growing up in him spiritually, then when something comes, you remember that the Lord said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Amen, ladies. It's time to bring your food from afar. Amen, ladies, both physical food and spiritual food. Brothers, look for women who bring their food from afar. Women who have depth. Because as for the, uh, the storm, it will come to everybody. Whether your house is built on rock or sand, the same storms came to everybody. The same winds blew vehemently, but the secret was the foundation. What is your foundation? As a Christian woman, what is your foundation? When demons come knocking on your door, what will you say? Uh, what Pastor Yali was saying, yeah, you see, what Pastor Yali was saying. But if you know your Bible, you know Mark chapter 60 verse 7. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Then you will know what to stand on. When you have trials in your marriage. You will not think I can behave anyhow. You will look what would Jesus do. And Jesus says 
Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. So on that day of 6th March, your husband is your enemy. What is the Bible saying about your enemy? Love your enemy. Amen. So that will help you. You are in the church. People are buoyed. Do good to them that hate you. You can see clearly that this person hates you. That is the Bible according to the world. But the word of God says, do good to them that hate you. Say, remember, he cursed me, he cursed me. Bless them that curse you. People in the church use you despitefully. Pray for them. You see, all these four, they are my quiet time. They are from things I've seen. And when I went into my closet crying, God, sometimes church members can be very disappointed because you pour your whole heart and they forget. Some. And so he says, Lord, they are despitefully using me. You go and read your Bible and say, pray for them. Huh? That despitefully use you. Can you? You can because it's where it says so. And sometimes I cry. I say, oh, this word is so hard. But your word says it. You know? Give me the grace. And I just surrender. And then later you hear, maybe people have to introduce you for something. I went somewhere. A lady said, this woman, I lived in her house with her for one year. Because my husband and I came from her brother that I had forgotten. But when I went through, I was crying. But when I went to her town, I'd forgotten. And when she was introduced, she said, the type of patience she had and the type of heart. When I look back, I just want to bless God for her life. You see, I'm not superhuman, no. But because of the food that comes from afar, you become like some superwoman. You see, because God's word <laughs> is brought from afar into your life. I pray that tonight we will look at all the qualities of this good woman or God, virtuous woman and trust God that God is at work in us to do. It's not by our own might. But God will make us all that. So that people will look at Christian marriages and say, this one is different. If you're going to marry that brother because you think he will never offend you, then resign. Because marriage is made up of two imperfect people. If he hadn't talked to me, I would also not have responded that way. Two wrongs don't make a right. Amen. I pray that in this session, the Lord himself will give us grace. Whatever God has called us to. The Bible says he called us according to his purpose and his grace. Whatever is his purpose, he will give you grace for. And even when you don't have grace, he comes to you and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in my weakness. Stand to your feet, please. I know I've given you food for thoughts. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Surround me, oh Lord. Surround, help me please. Please, oh Lord. Let your presence fill this place surround me oh lord 
surround me, oh Lord. Oh, surround me, oh Lord. And let your presence fill this place. Surround me, oh Lord. Holy Spirit, surround us, minister to us, speak to us, surround me, oh Lord, let your presence, let your presence fill this Holy Ghost, do it again. To the Holy Ghost, whatever, whatever is on your heart concerning marriage, concerning your future, concerning your present, the Holy Ghost is here to do it again. are here this evening you don't know jesus as your savior you want to say lady reverend pray for me i'm not sure whether i'll go to heaven or hell when i die lady reverend i'm not sure about my relationship with god but this evening i want to make it right lady reverend i need to rededicate my life to jesus you are like that here this evening i want to give you a chance to make jesus the lord of your life and the center of your life if you are here like that forget about who is on your left who is on your right and let your hand go high up i will pray for you give me the honor you are here lady reverend pray for me i'm not a serious christian i'm not sure whether i'll go to heaven or hell when i die every eye closed and every head bowed let your hand go high up it doesn't matter what you are known as in the church i want to pray for you god bless you i see your hands God bless you. I see your hands. And if you put your hands up, do one more thing. Come to me and give me the honor of ushering you into the kingdom of God. You lifted up your hands. Come right in front. Give me the honor of leading you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Lord who never changes. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please say this prayer after me. And mean it with your whole heart. Heavenly Father, let's join to encourage him. Heavenly Father, tonight I come to you just as I am. Jesus, take my life and be the Lord and the master of my life. 
forgive me for all my sins wash me in your blood come into my heart and be the Lord the master and the king of my life thank you for dying to save me and thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life and thank you by that by this prayer I'm a child of God in Jesus name Amen God bless you a new beginning serve the Lord come to church and grow up in him this is my present for you God bless you every eye closed every head bowed Holy Ghost do it again Oh, do it again in my life. You are here tonight. You are going through a rough patch in your marriage. Jesus wants to minister to you. Jesus wants to make a difference in your life. The Holy Ghost is here, ready to touch you and to turn ashes into beauty ask the holy ghost to do it again do it again again. again. you are here like that this evening just come forward i want to pray with you i want to stand with you lady reverend i'm in a difficult place in my marriage i need the hand of god I need the touch of God. I need a supernatural intervention. If you are like that here this evening, forget about the people here and just come forward. I want to pray with you. Do it again. Do it again in my life. Father, I pray for every life represented here. I speak to homes. I speak to marriages. I speak to families. Under the unction and under the leading of your spirit. I speak to the marriages that are in ashes. I speak beauty into them. I speak to homes that have been disintegrated. Let the hand of God prevail over every work of the enemy. Father, bless the present and the future of your children. Bring them to a good place. For those believing you for marriage, Lord, I pray that you will remember them. Lord, your word says that many widows were in Zarephath, but Elijah was sent only to the widow in Zarephath. I pray that you will remember your people. I pray that this word will fall on good soil. I pray that you will speak to us throughout all the days that we spend here. And I pray that there will be miracles in our lives that we will testify to. In Jesus' name, amen.
was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.